On this Mother's Day's edition of the 132 Breeze podcast, we are talking Game 7's NBA as well as take a f- look at the conference finals. What are, what's gonna, what do we think is going to happen there? Uh, a little NHL talk because, you know, that's going on. Also, Major League Baseball explaining the internet. We go around campus, uh, see what's going on there. We are officially now the uh, number one softball podcast in the Midwest. And, of course, we have Casey's Corner Kick. All right, let's start the show. Back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. And Casey, should we start off by saying Happy Mother Day to all the mothers out there? All the mothers, all the uh, all the mothers. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, glad you are listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the number one mother's podcast. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. In the Midwest. Who's... <laughs> <laughs> Our own mother's probably not even listen to our podcast, but nonetheless, <laughs> hopefully they download and are subscribed. Either way, uh, whether or not they actually actually listen to it. Uh, but yes, happy Happy Mother's Day! Hope um, all the moms out there had a a good day, a good celebration, uh, and thank you for all that you have done for us or uh, our families and our families. Absolutely, and as a great Mother's Day present to yeah. all of them, we had two game sevens. Yeah, we watched two game sevens. It was almost three. It could have been three. Could have been three. Should have been three. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was a day filled uh, with basketball. As uh, hopefully you got your, you know, if you had a Mother's Day brunch, mm-hmm. that was probably done in time. Yeah, you, you got that in unless you went on the late side. Then you might yeah. have ran over a little bit. Yeah, but um, I didn't do that, but I still finagled my way to be around the TV to watch the game sevens today. Uh, so we had Portland and. Uh, Denver and Philadelphia and Toronto here. Game sevens, Marlo. Uh, I guess I just want to start here. Mm-hmm. They were both close. Yes. But were they good? <laughs> were they good <laughs> basketball games? Because uh, in my kind of catbird seat as a Bucks fan, you know, looking down my nose at teams who still have to play to get into the conference championship finals, <laughs> I was kind of nitpicking at the quality of the games. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that like the uh, Portland did starting with Portland Denver. Yeah, uh, I think that one was kind of disappointing. This you know, really the well, I, uh, really Dame didn't sh- didn't show up uh, yeah. like that. You know, we, we'll talk about like you know CJ McCollum did. Uh, as far as Philly, Philly, Toronto, I, I thought that was on the better side of games. Maybe not. Yeah. You know, the epic game sevens we were both you know we were all looking for with um, you know the stars coming out doing mm-hmm. you know doing what they do, but. I thought that was a pretty good game, but uh, yeah, Portland Denver not as not as pretty to watch. Yeah, say. there there was a lot of credit given to the intensity and uh, the quality of defenses, um, as opposed to just saying people were tired and missing shots. <laughs> so, <laughs> it felt like there was a lot of a lot of missed shots out there. Uh, so I guess let's start first with uh, Portland Denver. We talked about, and I think the main story coming out of maybe not this game, but this series is uh cj mccollum yeah absolutely just putting just doing his thing throwing up oh what was his points again he had 37 points today Mm -hmm. on uh 12 of 24 shooting uh two seven from three so again joined the 
Whoa. That's not today's stats. That's last game's stats. Let me say that again. He was 17 uh, of 29 for 37 points, one of three from beyond the arc. So I think he single-handedly brought back the mid-range jumper in this game. Yeah. He was uh, He was something else. You mentioned earlier that Dame, what, he, I don't want to say he didn't show up. He didn't have the not game. Show up. That you would uh, expect out of Damian Lillard. And as we kind of went in this series, the series went along, we expected Lillard to be the guy, to raise his team to the next level. Um, and he, he wasn't able to do that today. Damian Lillard, for the record, finished 3 of 17 uh, with only 13 points today. Right. And I think I think it's my kind of expectations. Game 7, uh, win or go home. You're at home playing. And you, yep. you, well, actually, they're on the road. Um, oh, yeah. Portland was on the road, but you kind of expect your superstars to really, to really step up and step up big from the beginning. And, mm-hmm. you know, Damian Litter, he came out, he had a terrible first quarter with, you know, zero points, uh, mm-hmm. obviously shooting zero from the field and not even getting to the line. So, uh, that was, that was a little eye opening. Uh, Denver obviously was leaning off the crowd. Um, they got a lead up to, I think 14 at one point in the first half. Uh, but uh, yeah, obviously, got, obviously, all for not. Yeah, they got a big lead early, and then uh, Portland just kind of chipped away. I think they were up uh, seventeen at one point, and it was around that twelve fourteen uh, at, towards the half. Um, but uh, Portland went into the final quarter only down one, so yeah. they kind of chipped away at that lead, and then uh, obviously outscored them there in the second half. Uh, yeah, so I think McCollum kind of pulled away. A little disappointed in Denver. Kind, of, It felt like they faded. It felt like they really had trouble when it came down to crunch time getting a shot. Uh, Jokic was really good in the game, finishing with 29 points, but I just wanted a little bit more out of him. Uh, and I felt the same way about Murray, who's... You know, been the second best player on the Nuggets, and I think really took a step up in this in this uh, series uh, or in this playoffs, maybe in general. Uh, but at the end, it just seemed like the Nuggets were—I don't know if they were a player away or a year away from kind of being the team that would win this kind of game. Yeah, I feel you on that. I, I think uh, they pointed out this was the fourth youngest team in the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, you could you could take that stat however you want. Uh, maybe yeah. the, maybe they are a year away. Maybe it's a person, or maybe it's a and, player away. But it seems like yeah. they're built, obviously built for the future. Yeah, even with Millsap taking that average age up <laughs> quite a few years, yeah. that was a little disappointing for me because Millsap's been so good for them this year. Uh, but he really he really struggled today, uh, which was I, I don't know. I like Paul Millsap's game. I like he he's got that old man game now uh, that I like, but. <laughs> Uh, and I think I guess this series was enjoyable for me in general, just because of of kind of the clash of, of styles. I know we talked about that a lot, but it's was really neat to see this go seven games, and you know the guard play of the Trailblazers against the uh, four con- forefront of the uh, front court forefront front court of mm-hmm. of the Nuggets was really fun to watch. Uh, but the guards won it uh, really behind CJ McCollum. The last two games, um, I'll give you some more stats here. He was twenty nine for fifty three, so that's fifty five percent from the field, uh, only three of ten. From three, so as we're talking about, you know, 2019 NBA, he's not just out there jacking threes, uh, which I think has made him a really interesting player to watch in this series. Uh, averaged 33 and a half points, he had 37 in Game Seven, and then 30, as I mistakenly said earlier, uh, in Game Six. So he really just closed out uh, the series. 
here for Portland. So um, I don't. Know, I think that's kind of he put the exclamation point on the series, and uh, in my mind, uh, the other thing that surprised me, Marla, was mm. por- the Portland role players that stepped up. Yeah. In this in in this game, uh, and I guess game six and seven, that's what I'm really going to focus on here. Uh, in game six, it was Rodney Hood, um, and he kind of came out of nowhere. He got injured in game seven, uh, which was which was unfortunate. But he had a monster game, uh, game six, and then uh, Evan Turner, <laughs> who, Evan Turner, uh, kind of similar to how we were talking about um, Evan Gordon, feeling like he's been around forever and still. You know, making significant plays now. I think Eric or Eric Gordon's a better player, but uh, overall, but Evan Turner came in up big, scoring 14 points and had some down the stretch ISO plays in Game Seven. Yeah, and Evan Turner was he was a second round pick overall back in the day, something like that. A second, second, yeah, second yeah, overall, second overall pick, second overall pick. Um, something high. Yeah, something extremely high. It has obviously bounced around the league, uh, you know, since then. Yeah, I, I think he's right. Like coming out, wasn't expecting Turner to be the you know quote unquote hero of a game, but yeah, he had those plays yeah. down the stretch. <laughs> I guess it was good to see, but whatever. Yeah, he had zero points in Game Six and fourteen in Game Seven. There you go. Uh, conversely, uh, Hood had uh, twenty five points in Game Six. Uh, so just kind of these unlikely role players stepping up for Portland, I thought was yeah. just a little interesting note there. Uh, not that I'm happy. Not that I'm happy for Evan Turner, Marlow. I didn't mean to imply that by any means, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, anything else on Portland, Denver? I don't know. It no. Was, uh, no, it was a fun series, um, and these two teams seem so evenly matched. I just think that the the veteran play uh, and CJ McCollum stepping up was enough to push De- uh, Portland, excuse me, over the top. Yeah, just gonna say we called this. It was gonna be a, last week that it was gonna be a seven game series. So got no, that nice. right. Correct. Good job by us. Yeah. <laughs> credit credit to us. All right. Uh, on to Philly, Toronto, Marlowe. Uh, so we wa- kind of watched this, not together, but uh, we were separately, but we were watching it together. Uh, w- at one time, I think both of us, either of us was a couple seconds ahead of the other as we were both uh, streaming it. So that was an interesting way to watch a sporting event uh, with somebody over the internet. Um, but just a couple random thoughts on this game. First, uh, watching this as a Bucks fan, it was kind of like watching like a two teams who I just didn't want to win because anytime I would think I would want Toronto to win, they would do something good to be like, ooh, maybe I don't want Toronto to win. <laughs> anytime the 76ers would do something good, i go, oh, maybe I don't want the 76ers to win, obviously facing the Bucks, uh, So I felt like I couldn't win watching this game because um, yep. if I would have decided that I wanted one or the other to win, that team would win and then beat the Bucks, and I would have jinxed it. So <laughs> obviously <laughs> my fandom has that kind of power. Right, but, exactly. You uh, hold that yeah. power alone. So that was just a weird kind of uh, kind of way to watch the game, uh, you know, rooting against Kawhi at the same time rooting against Embiid, and, and for the same reasons that I don't want them to play the Bucks. So that was kind of weird. Um, but I guess uh, next thought: Nick Nurse, mm-hmm. coach of Toronto. Are we liking the bit? His faces and his like being this kind of jovial sideline guy and kind of uh, are you are you liking that bit that he has going on? Uh no, I never liked the bit. I never liked the. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm just like the dad next door who's coaching this team. Kind of, I make weird jokes that no one laughs at. <laughs> Glasses always screwed up. Yeah, no, I, I I don't like it. All right, all right, good. We're on, we're on our same old man take. We're not yep. liking it. We're not. I don't like the oversold facial expressions, especially when they happen in the first quarter, and it just seems like you're going for 
just, just camera the reaction. Time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he gave a shout out after his uh, third. Uh, I guess third to fourth quarter timeout uh, interview. He gave a shout out to all the moms. So I guess that was nice by him. But you know, folks in the basketball game. It's dude, too much. Gotta, it's too much. Got a job here. Yeah. Too thirsty. Uh, yeah, yeah, a bit much. I don't know. Uh, all right. And then I was, uh, let's take it. Toronto Raptors, right? Right. Are they the worst team named after a movie? Because they were obviously came in an expansion team named after uh, Raptors after Jurassic Park. That was uh, the reason they were called the Raptors. Or is it the Anaheim Mighty Ducks? <laughs> which is which is a by, worst. by worst team by worst team it's just the name and it's the name in general i guess more ridiculous being named after <laughs> i th- well i oh man i would say i have to say the raptors just because it seems so it made it toronto okay yeah. that's weird at least like the anaheim uh the muddy ducks <laughs> Yeah, like you, you got to give the credit. Mighty Ducks you, anymore. They're just the Ducks. But yeah, yeah. But when they came out, they were the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's just credit to Disney for their grand old marketing <laughs> tool to be like, we're just gonna like, we're literally gonna make a movie and then make a uh, NHL team and throw yeah, it next to Disneyland. Another, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, credit to them on that. Just the, yeah, it's ridiculous to have the Raptors in in Toronto. Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, the tra- the Raptors being more ridiculous because as as far as I know, there aren't any real Raptors in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, there are ducks in Anaheim. Oh, I don't know that to be sure, uh, right. but they're probably ducks of some kind there. So there you go. That <laughs> uh, was just another random thought I had. So <laughs> yeah, there we go. All, All right. right, basketball. Out of the, out of the basketball, <laughs> Raptors win. Uh, and I guess let's just talk about the end and the shooters bounce uh, by uh, on. Uh, Kawhi's corner two over uh, Joel Embiid. Yeah, what a shot! It was one of those things where Kawhi was got the ball and was dribbling around, and then I think there was four, I don't know less than ten seconds left. Yeah, and I was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" Dribbles to the corner, throws it up. Thought, "No way, this is going in." <laughs> uh, hit the rim about hit the rim, hit the backboard, hit the rim a couple more times, and then sat on the rim and kind of fell in. Um, and then I had to be quiet for a little bit yeah. because I knew Casey was behind me. Yeah, uh, I, was so. a, I was a little bit behind you at that time. Uh, and you, you did make a noise, uh, no. <laughs> but, uh, but it was a, a vague one and, uh, it could have gone either way. So I still yeah. wasn't sure what was hap- going to happen. I knew that something was going to happen. Obviously somebody was going to shoot to either win the game or it was going to go to overtime. Uh, but so you didn't give anything away, but I, uh, knew that, that, that something had happened. It was pretty ridiculous. It was, yeah. Uh, around and out, and the fact that it went in uh, was pretty crazy, especially given uh, Toronto's kind of... Have they, they have had bad losses. I don't know if they've been heartbreaking, but right. they just don't seem like they get ever have gotten real lucky, and this seemed like a lucky bounce to get them through, so I didn't expect it to really happen to Toronto, uh, yeah. per se. I think I said to you, our listeners, like, Toronto's just going to lose in some horrible, just terrific fashion. Yeah, uh, at some point. So yeah, but they, uh, I guess, fortunately or unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, I don't know which way to go. Uh, they didn't. A little bit of uh, team of destiny worry there, uh, but we'll see. And after so after that shot went in, there was I guess a pretty big contrast of emotions between uh, Joel Embiid and Kawhi. Joel Embiid, lots of emotion. Uh, yeah. Kawhi, uh, none. <laughs> yeah. Literally zero emotion. Pretty pretty par for the course because Kawhi is just a robot. Yeah. Goes out there, plays basketball, uh, 
as boring as you can and be really effective and then show no emotions afterwards. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. And then in the interview, he's just like, I just tried to throw the ball up and it went in and there you go. Like he was doing like practice drills during the summer. It was so bizarre. And I was surprised. I was surprised that Embiid was so emotional. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know he's a relatively uh, emotional guy in the sense that like he has kind of ups and downs. He has kind of when he's doing well and his team is doing well, he has very, you know, energetic and kind of, uh, I don't know, sassy, would you say, <laughs> interviews. Uh, and then when he's not doing well, he can be very curt. So, you know, the emotions are there. But I mean, he was like, it was like he was, he was in college and he was limited from the NCAA tournament. And his career was, college career was over. I yeah. mean, a la Adam Morrison, a little bit. Not that quite bit. that bad, but. Not that bad. Not sitting on the ground no. crying yeah, about all right. it. Okay. There were man tears going on. There I went a little tears. too far. I went a little too far. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll try it back. But he was, I didn't expect him to be like broken up about it um, right. the way yeah. that he was. Yeah, I mean, these guys are people too, Casey. They, yeah. they have they have they have emotions, but I think yeah, you don't think of Joel Embiid, you know, uh, <laughs> being such a fiery man. Yeah. Uh, where you know, if you step on a shoelace, he might punch you in the face. Uh, to to go away, could go away, really walking away. It would seem like tears um, yeah. after after that loss. But I guess it's been a long road for him. Yeah. You know, no matter how how you cut it, and I, I think. If you look, turn to turn it back in the season. This was supposed to be this. This was supposed to be the season where they went over the hump and you know at least made it to the conference finals. Yeah, I'm, I mean he's had to battle a lot of random ailments. Yeah, to get to get to this point, and it was, and they kind of went a little bit all in. Uh, and maybe this can lead into our word of the seventy six. Let's go from here. Trading for Tobias Harris, trading for Jimmy Butler, Jimmy or James Butler, um, <laughs> depending on the quarter. <clears throat> um, to make the push this year, and uh, obviously they, they didn't get it done. Uh, and I think that making the push that they did, trading for those two pieces, really left their bench depleted, and that's where they really struggled. They relied so much on their starting lineup. Um, the bench accounted for a total of eight points, and uh, basically they played two players off their bench, uh, Scott and Ennis. Monroe came in for a little bit. Monroe got a lot of face time on the bench <laughs> By the way, with his reaction to plays as they happened, uh, Greg Monroe, that is. Um, but there's a lot of what do the 76ers do uh, from here? Obviously, Butler is a free agent at the end of the year. I think Tobias Harris is too. Uh, and then you're sitting there with Embiid and Simmons, who it's we're still not sure if they can be their best selves together. It'll be yeah. really interesting to see. Do you have any any yeah. advice for him, GM Marlowe? <laughs> Um, no, I think, I think they've reached the pinnacle and it's, if it's, it's, you can try to hold on a little longer and maybe it'll break through, but, uh, you know, otherwise it's the NBA and you got to break it up quick and, and, and try to start to rebuild in my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, I so don't you, think that, I don't think the Jimmy, like the Jimmy, Jimmy Butler experience, it's just not going to last. Like even if, even if he does come back, like. Jimmy can only stay in one situation for so long before it completely combusts. Yeah, uh, and I, we even saw a little bit, of, a little bit of that this year. So, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, that's I. I feel for. I don't feel for Philly fans. What am I talking about? But I know they're. <laughs> I know they're. I know they're out there complaining right now, calling this team a bunch of bums. And I guess I feel for the GM. They're really this, those kind of hard decisions to figure out going forward. Yeah, it, it will be a tough off season. Uh, I, my advice would be don't. Max Jimmy Butler, um, let him go find 
somebody else to fill that role. And I think the real question is, do you keep Embiid and Simmons? I don't know what you could. I mean, what you could get for either of them. I think the answer is keep Embiid and trade Simmons if you're going to trade one. Yeah. I don't yep. know what that market would be. Um, you can go on to other podcasts that will describe why they're in camp incompatible playing together much better essentially they're two post players and if you have two post players in 2019's nba they blog up they blog up clog up the lane <laughs> quite a bit and they can't really you know, like i said be the best versions of the of themselves um but i don't know what would make it what would make it better but i don't think you could bring back jimmy butler on the money that he's going to demand with how short this bench is i think you need to get a little bit more depth uh not this say that toronto was paragons of depth on their end uh, they only played seven as well in this game. Uh, Serge Ibaka and Van Vliet, who really struggled and maybe shouldn't even played in the game. Um, but for Philly, it's a, a tough, a tough off season. Um, and for the process, you know, where the fans had to suffer for however many years to get to this point, and you have two great players, but is as you mentioned this might be their ceiling? That would be crazy. But if this is what the process was for, that would be. That would be, uh, I don't want to say a tragedy, because that's a bit much, but yeah. that would have to be very disappointing for Philadelphia. Oh, it's so because it even lined up to to LeBron leaving the East, you know? Yeah. And even that wasn't enough, so. Yeah, it just seems like, in high, obviously in hindsight, now they're eliminated, but the, the trades for Harris and Butler uh, yeah. seem very short-sighted uh, to go for this window that I think they made shorter by doing this uh, is kind of disappointing, but... Uh, we'll see. Maybe they can come up with something. Uh, NBA free agency can be uh, pretty wild, and uh, maybe they can get something for Simmons. I don't know. It seems weird. Uh, all right. Enough talk about the 76ers. They're going home, Marlo. They're let's going move, home. Let's for record, I, I was wrong in that series because I thought 76ers were going to get kind of blown out in five. But yeah, whatever. It was, One for two. It was a strange series uh, yeah. with what, three four blowouts and three close games i mean yeah you were you were kind of off the philly bandwagon earlier so yeah um, i was yeah 100%. so that kind of was in the back of my head i was kind of like maybe i want the 76ers to come through <laughs> uh but no the bucks let's move on to conference finals marlo bucks are yep. playing the raptors now uh before we talk about that series i just kind of want to put a bow on the uh bucks celtics series uh last time that we talked the the series was still uh, I guess not decided. The Bucks had to win a game or two. I don't remember exactly uh, to move on. Um, <clears throat> but the series and uh, the Bucks victory is kind of cast as Kyrie's slash Boston's dysfunction. Uh, that was the overriding narrative of the series, uh, which was two things. One, it was a lot of fun. It was a <laughs> lot of fun to watch and be a part of and just more or less blow out <laughs> the Celtics uh three games uh three four games in a row really none of them were particularly close uh it seemed like the same game uh every time where it was kind of close for a half and then Milwaukee just kind of ran away with it in the second half with their uh extended bench which I think is going to be uh I guess I'll save that for a little bit but I think is going to be a very big advantage going forward um and uh, just Giannis being the best player in the series uh, but it was also at the same time annoying because that was the narrative. It wasn't that Milwaukee did anything. It wasn't that the Bucks were good or that Giannis is a, uh, was a great player or that the you know the depth provided answers to counter Boston's uh, players. It was just Boston falling apart. Milwaukee had nothing to do with it, which which was a bit 
a bit annoying. Um, but I think that you know Milwaukee had a lot to do with it and some crazy stats. Let's just go through some crazy stats, Marlo. Okay, uh, these, crazy these, stats. These are courtesy of uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel writer, uh, J.R. Radcliffe. So real, oh, you know, professional journalism, Marlo. We got to cite our sources. <laughs> In the series, Giannis finished with the same number of three pointers made as Kyrie Irving while taking 15 less. They both made seven three-pointers in the series. Uh, Jason Tatum made as many threes as Penn State's own Tim Frazier. And <laughs> finally, Pat Connaughton outscored and outrebound slash outplayed Gordon Hayward. I mean, my God, that is. Those are some crazy stats and just kind of showed how much Milwaukee controlled the series. And like I said, you can point to all the things that went wrong for Boston, and that's fine. But Milwaukee had to have something to do with it. And with these kind of, you know, how poorly Kyrie shot. Oh, I had another step for Kyrie in the series. Mm. I ignored game one because he did. He actually did okay in that game. But I ignored game <laughs> one. So to fit my narrative, I changed the statistics. And in the next four games, so all losses for Boston, he went 25 for 83. He shot 30% from the field and 19%, 5 of 27 from three-pointer. Averaging somehow still 19 points. He had a lot of free throws in one game. That's crazy. That's really bad. That's really bad, Marlon. That's, That's really bad. But I can't tell if you are trying to correct the narrative or just put more fuel on that fire by throwing these stats out here. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, the narratives exist. I'm not denying the narrative that Boston fell apart and Kyrie was yeah. terrible. Yeah. But I my my point is that uh, they were Milwaukee, bad. Milwaukee had something to do with that. Okay. And while they had something to do with it, they just out class them the whole time and we're just yeah. continually the better team uh, and I don't think that that's getting enough respect or, or uh, of the narrative as just like it's just Boston just disintegrated um, but I don't know alright so the trend like, continues Marlo I, we said this after game one mm-hmm. uh, right after game one when Boston blew up Milwaukee in Milwaukee uh, and Paul Pierce called the series over that was a great moment and mm-hmm. Buck Twitter hasn't let him forget that. Let me tell you. Uh, well, I'm sure they haven't, but 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 Bucks fans weren't feeling that great about it either no, after oh no, game I was, one. No, I was very worried, um, <laughs> and I, I it did it did feel it at the time. I remember thinking that game felt a little strange from the Bucks. They it felt like they weren't ready for uh, that kind of play. They weren't ready for the series and. Um, kind of looking at the stats and, and the shots that Milwaukee missed. Yep. I thought it was a little bit of an anomaly. Obviously, now looking back, it was, but it felt a little like anomaly. But, yeah, you're right. There was a lot of concern uh, going on. Uh, but it did continue the trend, Marlo. When that happened, I sent – I uh, or we talked about uh, that the last – one, two, three, four times a uh, game one was won on the road by 15 or more points in the last decade – the home team or the uh, favorite team went on to win the series anyway. And that is now five of the last five as Milwaukee has done that. So that's pretty cool. Trend continues. I used that yeah. as like, support. I was like, look, yeah, it's, Bucks are still going to win. It's yeah, fine. absolutely. I mean, they, bas- they basically swept them. I mean, essentially. They just took yeah, a game off and then swept and then yeah, swept they, them. Uh, apparently the term is gentleman sweep. Gentleman sweep. Yeah, there five games. Gentleman sweep. Yeah. All right. Uh, to uh, 
So now Bucks Raptors Eastern uh, Eastern Conference Finals starts Wednesday night. Marlo, what are your expectations, uh, or what are you looking forward to? Uh, what do you want to get out of this out of this series? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to see how Kyrie plays against the Bucks. Obviously, more Giannis. I I was Ka- Kawhi. You mean Not Kawhi. God? Yeah, we just talked about so much about Kyrie. A lot Kyrie. of Kyrie. A lot, a lot of Kyrie. Kyrie. All right. But Kawhi, yes. Yeah, thanks for the God, game. I wish they were still playing Kyrie. Kawhi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit more worried about. Yeah, Kawhi. Kawhi could be more, a little bit more worried about. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm excited to see if if this is this when Drake comes out of the comes out of the woodwork. <laughs> we start seeing more of him uh, on the sidelines of Toronto. What if he uh, came out in Bucks gear to like jinx the Bucks? <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? But trying to jinx the reverse jinx. Yeah. <laughs> That would be that would be good. That'd be a good play by him. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. But uh. But yeah. But seriously speaking, I think you know it's. Uh, I believe you had the Bucks and Raptors in the East Coast Final. I can't remember. Rewind the Sounds tape. Sounds right. Sounds right. I think you actually had the Bucks and Raptors in the East Coast Final when we did our um in the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, so credit to you. Uh, credit to you hypothetically. Yeah. Sure. I'll take it. <laughs> Even if I didn't say that, I'll take it. <laughs> But yeah, we got we got a couple stars um, on a main stage, and this will be intriguing. But I think the Bucks, I think I mean, just looking at it, I really think the Bucks are going to take it, and I, I think it's going to be. In, in, I mean, I'll say six, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was less. Yeah, I think. Uh, I guess I'll start with my uh, prediction. I th- I agree with Bucks and six. Uh, the thing that concerned me uh, for. Or I guess encourage me. I, I talked about the Bucks' depth earlier. Connaughton out playing Gordon Hayward. The Bucks have a lot of a lot of depth. They have a lot of players who can kind of do different things, come in and play different roles, and change the lineups to alter the game. And as we watch in the 76ers um, Raptors game, the Raptors don't have a lot of depth. They they're not the Raptors of the past, where you looked at their depth and went, "Oh, they can go eight, nine deep." Uh, and I know that in the playoffs, the talk is, oh, you shorten your rotation and you go with the guys who, you know, who can perform there. But I think the Bucks have enough guys, Malcolm Brogdon coming back, uh, who can affect the game. And I think in a seven-game series, that's going to play a big role. Uh, I think that uh, Toronto had some trouble guarding Joel Embiid in the post when uh, he wasn't suffering from uh, let's say intestinal what? issues or mm-hmm. upper respiratory infections or whatever the heck was going on with him. Uh, so I don't really know how they're going to uh, guard Giannis. Maybe they put Kawhi on him, but I think that will create other uh, other matchup problems for them. Uh, I don't know. I'm feeling relatively confident about this series, and maybe I shouldn't be. But yeah, watch uh, out, Bucks. I, I am. I know. Casey is confident. I know. I'm feel. I, I shouldn't. I'm feeling optimistic. I shouldn't say confident. I'm feeling optimistic. Uh, I think that I, I just go back to uh, the eggs that the seventy uh, that uh, I guess both seventy sixers, but the eggs that the Raptors laid in this in this series. The Bucks aren't laying eggs. I mean, you can say they laid an egg in game one, but uh, so fine. They laid an egg once. Whatever. Uh, I got it out their system. I, but I think Toronto. <sighs> They just have a propensity to rely too much on Kawhi and not uh, the rest of their players don't do enough. And that's how a lot of this game today was. Uh, but the Bucks aren't like that. When in game six, uh, five, in game five, when Giannis <laughs> was struggling, the rest of the team was that there were other players to kind of pick him up. And I think that they would be, well, be able to do that in this series. So that's my expectations and uh, what I'm, I'm looking, for, looking for in this 
in this series. <clears throat> All right. All right. So they Anything start else? on Wednesday. Start on Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday is the start of the Golden State Portland Western Conference Finals, Marlo. Uh, I guess quick wrap up on Golden State Houston uh, series that ended Friday night with yeah. Golden State winning game six in Houston. Uh, I guess two uh, things I just wanted to touch base on that. Golden State wins without Durant, who has a calf strain, yeah, not an Achilles. Not an Achilles. Yeah. We want to make sure that it's not an Achilles. I think that's been spread around that it's not an Achilles. Let's yeah. make sure it's not an Achilles. So it's probably an Achilles. <laughs> uh, but he got yeah, hurt. He got hurt in game five. And then after that, they said he was definitely going to miss the next two games. If there were two games, he was definitely going to be out the rest of the series. Yeah. So, we'll uh, so I don't even know. Is there, I don't know if there's any word if he's coming again coming back. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Uh, it was a weird injury. It was a non-contact injury. Uh, he made. He shot the ball. Did he shoot the ball? He, and like went to run down the court, and as he pushed off to run down the court, it looked like he got kicked yeah. in the leg, which people say is what happens when you hurt your Achilles. Um, but I don't know. Maybe also when you do calf strain. Not sure. Uh, Golden State. So Golden State in game six then. Playing without Durant, just really more or less reverted to 2015 Warriors. Yeah. And played uh, a little bit more umptempo game, a little more guard oriented game. Um, yeah. I don't know. It was kind of, I don't want to say it was fun. I kind of looked forward to it. <laughs> you look forward like, to the game I, seven? Well, I look forward to uh, Golden State playing that way again, playing without oh. Durant. I liked yeah. rooting for Golden State without Durant when it was the Splash Brothers. That was a lot of fun. That was a fun yeah. time. Yeah, and, it was uh, good times when everyone was a good guy. Yeah, everyone was a good guy. The Warriors weren't some friggin' juggernaut. Draymond, uh, Draymond was just having fun. He was likable. Yeah, oh, those were good times. And not that if yeah. Kevin Durant didn't join the team, that those things wouldn't have changed. But you know, they back when they okay, it was just a better time. There's a better time, Marlo. Yeah, uh, they were changing the game of basketball to I guess what it is now which kind of sucks but whatever <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a lot of fun and they just kind of went a, a little bit back to that yeah. uh which 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 was pretty cool and I guess the other narrative uh, out of this is did Harden blow it Marlo did, well yeah did, did he lose the series well not only did go to the state revert back to 2015 but so did Harden uh <laughs> he reverted back to 2015 in a closeout game and just Harden is obviously a great player Right. Yeah. Obviously, deserves all the accolades, all the drawn fouls that he gets every game. J- just deserves it all. But for some reason, when it comes to these clutch games, he just doesn't. He doesn't show up as a superstar of his caliber as yeah. getting all these accolades should be showing up. Mm-hmm. And so he should. Yeah, everyone should come down on him and say, "Hey, man, you blew it because we're, everyone is counting on you. You got at least one time, just once, and it, ha- it has been zero times where that has happened." Yeah. It seemed like this was his opportunity to finally get over the hump and beat the Warriors. Obviously, that's been the ceiling he's been, you know, hitting up against uh, throughout these last couple of years. And I wouldn't. I'm not going to say he blew it in uh, Game Six. I think they blew it in Game Five when sure. Durant went out yep. and Golden State just kind of at home looked shocked. They seemed like they didn't know what to do, and then again they reverted to 2015. But there was like two or three minutes there. Where uh, Houston had a window, Harden had a window, and he, what in the last ten minutes, he had three points. Yeah, he had he had the last second layup, and he had a technical free throw. And I know that the, a lot of people have said, "Oh, well, Golden State was defending him this way, so it was the right move to get rid of the ball." But 
when you look back at this series now, especially now that that's over in six, that was their opportunity, and he didn't kind of take the bull by the horns and win win the game and in essence the series. So that's I think where I'm disappointed in where he quote unquote blew it. So there, that's my hard rant. <laughs> There's our hard take. I know, and he, like I just like for. I want him to get over the hump in one sense because it would just like narratively, it'd be a good story. It'd be a good career arc for him finally to get over the hump. But I just hate the way that his teams play basketball and he plays basketball that I don't want him to. So it's, I go back and forth on and whether or not I want him to, you know, they playing against the Warriors who, you know, that's a whole other set of baggage with it too. I just want somebody to beat the Warriors. Um, anyway. All right. Too much about Houston. Yeah. Let's move on to, <laughs> to Golden State Let's Portland. See. Uh, starts Tuesday as as we mentioned. Uh, what do you what are your expectations of this one, Marlo? What are you looking forward to? Okay, so said this last week. Totally looking forward to all the uh, Curry versus Curry uh, story mm-hmm. stories. Mm-hmm. Looking for the stories. Looking for Dell. What is he going to be wearing? What jersey oh, yeah. gonna be wearing? Is he going to wear a split jersey? Is he going to show up in black? Oh. What what's going to go on there? Split jersey. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously the guard play is obviously going to be big in this one. Yeah. Um, you know, you say we had the Splash Brothers, we got Dame, we got CJ McCollum. Uh, there should be a lot of points scored in this series. Yeah. I, I think that's that's where we're going. So hopefully, it's it's close scoring with a lot of points and exciting there. Um, so X, I mean, as far as picking it, I mean, I'm gonna I gotta pick the Warriors. I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna say in five, little gentleman yeah. sweep. I said that last time, it didn't work out. So I'm gonna go this time. It's Warrior Warriors in five. Yeah, I I think you're you're right on with uh, the guard play. I think it's gonna what Kevin Durant comes back because uh, I think he it's a completely different series if Durant's back the, and hell not just back playing but able to play at the level he's been playing because I don't think that Portland has an answer for uh, for him. Um, I'm re- I, I'm just looking forward to uh, that backcourt battle. I mean those four four guards. Uh, will be a lot of fun. Score a lot of points. I want to see if CJ McCollum can keep this going. I want to see if Dame can return back to who he was in the Oklahoma City series, um, and if the Splash Brothers will continue to be the Splash Brothers. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I think it should be good. Uh, I'm hoping it's not, but I think I'm with you. I think Golden State and again, it depends on Durant. If yeah, either way, it's true. With or without Durant, I think Golden State's going to win. Yeah. If it's with Durant, I think it's more like five in one game where. Dame and CJ go off. Uh, if he is not there, I think it's six or seven. So I, I don't know. That's I guess I'm hedging my bets there a little bit, but <laughs> I still I still think Golden State uh, is going to win because I think that uh, Curry and Clay are are better, uh, better guards in the end. Um, although I'm I would love to see uh, Dame and CJ prove me wrong. That would be fun. So I don't, I'm looking forward to that. It should right. be fun. Should be fun. Yeah. I would also either in Denver. I would have been fun if Denver was there too, you know, uh, to provide that kind of counter matchup with the with the big men that I think Golden State might have struggled with. Um, but I think Portland's the better. If you want to see Golden State lose, I think Portland's the better matchup. Even though we just said they're going to win in five, <laughs> lose in five. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Non playoff stuff, Marlo. Uh, there are other things in basketball outside of the playoffs. Yeah. Big story coming down yesterday. The Lakers have a coach. Yeah. Uh, after like 80 people decided that they won't want to be coached, including Ty Lue, 
And yeah. I felt like when Ty Lue is telling you no, telling LeBron no, then you're in trouble. So we got Frank Vogel yeah. taking the reins in Big L.A. Name. Frank Hollywood Vogel. <laughs> you know him. Yeah. One uh, nothing at Indiana and even more nothing at Dallas. Nice. Uh, I mean, he didn't win. Uh, uh, sure, he didn't win like titles or anything. I think he's... Uh, so we'll move on. We'll, we'll talk about the second half of this in a second. Let's focus yeah. on Vogel. Yep. I think it's an okay hire. Um, I think he has... He's coached before, so he has kind of the veteran chops uh, to kind of... I don't want to say get through to LeBron because I'm not sure anybody's going to <laughs> get through to LeBron. But he has a, a level. Of, he's done it before. He has some sort of level of, of respect there, and I think he's a good enough uh, kind of tactical coach. And I don't, I don't see much of a difference between Ty Lue and him as far as like their ability to coach. I guess Ty Lue's just better friends with LeBron, so that's why you'd think it'd be better. Yeah. Um, for that but i think it's an okay hire and the other names that they were throwing around there i think were even worse so uh to get him out of it i think it's fine i think the bigger problem is the prominent assistant they hired marlo in jason kidd yeah your boy jason kidd comes on immediately on frank vogel's staff as uh as an assistant coach which i knew i told i saw it as a being woke that's just lebron uh you know hedging his bets there and yeah. he was able to tell kid, hey, if you come aboard, like you'll probably be the coach by December if this isn't working out. <laughs> probably. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. Um Joe I problem number one with this. Jason Kidd has a uh decorated history of getting in power struggles <laughs> in places he is. In New Jersey, he got in a power struggle with the GM. Uh, forced his way out of there, came to Milwaukee, and just didn't. Well, one wasn't a good coach <laughs> in general, uh, and two constantly conflicted with uh, upper management. And now you're putting him in a situation where he's, I guess, in this power struggle, third in command. And you think Frank Vogel is going to be able to handle that? What a what a toxic situation to put him in, especially if he's LeBron's preferred choice. You're putting the guy uh, who. Third in command, let's just say, GM, third in command, I mean GM, head coach, assistant coach, right? So yep. it's third in command there. If you want to put LeBron in there, so he's fourth in command, LeBron, GM. <laughs> yep. uh, I mean, that's just, uh, it's just a powder keg of, of dysfunction that you're inviting on yourselves. Um, if you wanted a kid to be the coach, you should have made him the coach. I don't understand why he's there as a prominent as assistant. It doesn't make any – and the, the fact that – I keep saying prominent assistant like I'm making fun of it. That's what the Lakers said. <laughs> That's how they appointed him. That's how they approached uh, his hiring. Um, and I keep saying it because it's such a ridiculous thing uh, that they would have kind of uh, separated him or elevated him above other what a normal assistant coach would be, I think – the Frank Vogel hire, I think you could talk yourself into and be fine with. But with Jason Kidd in there, I think it's just going to be a disaster. Yes. Awesome. More disaster happening in L.A. It's going to be great. I am fine with that. I'm uh, still fine with that. Um, moving on. Uh, a little, uh, Well, it was, looks like Porzingis was out in his home country. Latvia. Loving it up. Yeah, was in Latvia. Is that his home country? Latvia. I don't know. Not Is sure. it? He was in Latvia. He was in Latvia. Sorry. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> check my sources there. All right. Uh out of the club and he got he got he got jumped. Se- yeah. This seven two the seven two man was I was like, oh, well now that I say that out loud, it'd be funny to see seven two man like out of the club. Um 
<laughs> the club and apparently yeah apparently he got by multiple reports he got he got jumped pretty good and i think uh you saw it on twitter from some eyewitness uh eyewitness video that it looked uh looked like someone got him pretty good yeah he was uh it looked like cut above the eye uh and had a ripped shirt uh and we were kind of talking about how does he seven foot two guy get punched in the face like yeah what i mean what kind of jump puncher eye flailing uppercut or whatever got him uh and then they said his shirt was ripped and if you look at it it's like right around his chest it looks like it was pulled i think somebody pulled him down and then punched him that's unbelievable it's 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 crazy to think about uh he is from latvia nice wikipedia official all right um so he was back back in his home apartment yeah um really weird i don't know who's fighting seven who's fighting seven footers i don't know not me yeah uh can't reach just can't reach that high just can't reach that high yeah Uh, Hope everything's hope hope is all. I think he's all right. Hope everything else turns yeah. all right. Uh, yes, be careful. Be careful. Also, it was like light out. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, it looked like he was partying deep. He was partying I mean, deep. So that you think it was in the morning? Yeah, no, I happen? think yeah. I think he okay. was partying through the night. And oh, okay, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, he wasn't there just like watching some afternoon soccer or something. And uh, maybe you know, no. All right, I don't know. Through the night, probably through the night. Everybody else wasn't really dressed up like they were just there for like, doing a little day drinking. It didn't. <laughs> they didn't look like they were out overnight on the town. So, all right, fair enough. All right, Marlo, I think we have done enough. We uh, with the NBA. Okay. We've jumped up and punched it in the face, and now we're moving on to <laughs> NHL, Marlo, which we'll talk considerably less about. Uh, <laughs> conference finals. Uh, yeah. Boston up two over Carolina. I have uh, announced that I'm rooting for Carolina, and then they went out and lost the first two games. I will say on the road, so there's still time for them to come back in the series. And our San Jose, Joe Pavalski Sharks are up 1-0 on St. Louis. I think they won 6-3 or something crazy like that. So conference finals are underway. Are you feeling it yet, Marlo? Uh, yes, I'm feeling it because I right. tuned in the San Jose St. Louis, yeah. uh, but there was already too many goals scored, but I was excited. <laughs> but I was excited to was start watching. Game. There were so many. There were so many goals. Yeah, there were so many goals. I was, I was excited to go. So, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm in. As long as I'm. Uh, I'm going. I'm went riding with San Jose in the West. Yeah. Going with Carolina in the East. Got to come back. Uh, yeah, got to come Sick back. Sick of Boston. Sick of Boston. <laughs> no more Boston for sure. Um, and I, I guess. Carolina San Jose would be a pretty bad matchup for the NHL, but probably Carolina St. Louis would be worse, right? As far as eyeballs, yeah, yeah Carolina St. Louis would be. At least would be I worse. think. Yeah. All right, NHL, good stuff. Uh, make the games more interesting. We'll tune in a little bit longer. Yeah. Although I, I tuned in and saw the flurry of goals. There was like three or four goals in like four minutes. It was crazy, um, and seemed a little bit weird. But uh, yeah, that's NHL. On to baseball. I don't really want to talk about baseball, Marlo. Uh, <laughs> Mainly the Brewers dropped another one to the Cubs today, so they lost the series two to one. Um, Had a bit of a marathon game. Yeah, on Saturday. Lost, lost in fifteen innings yesterday. Won like seven to zero on on Friday. So you know, really, they scored more runs in the series, so they should win the series, right? Is that how this works? Yeah, they shoot um, another point. Is that how it works? Yeah, something like that. Uh, but instead of that, let's talk about explaining things on the internet. All right. So, Marl, there's this great. Uh, what is this tweet out there with a video and it's showing the entire 2019 Kentucky Derby as it happened uh, overlaid with uh, two uh, the time between two pitches between Zach Granke 
and uh, Albies uh, of the Braves um, together. And let's just say the horses finished the Kentucky Derby before <laughs> the second before the pitch, second pitch gets to the plate. Yeah. Yeah, so, this is such a good look. <laughs> it's so great. He steps out of the box a couple times, and, you know, they all readjust the equipment. Uh, and it's just a, a classic example of how dull baseball can be at times. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, first of all, pitch clock. I mean, right? Come on. Yes. Got to do... Yeah, I, I, I like the I like the pitch clock um, idea. Why I don't know why anybody would fight it. Um, yeah. I think what, what were they did? What were they talking about? Like where pitchers come in and they have to face like a minimum of three batters. Yeah, or maybe two batters. I think that that might be changing up the game a little too much, and I can see why people got would get mad about that. But I like it. <laughs> I think that yeah. there's a little more there's more strategy involved, uh, you know, going that route. But anyways, pitch clock. Stop letting the meetings go. Um, there's no need to talk to him. And then also the bad, um, so if you put a pitch clock in, that's on the pitcher, right? So the, the can the pitcher just pitch it if the batter's not ready or how well, would that work? Not, the batter's not supposed to be able to step out yeah. unless X, Y, and Z happens, but they don't really enforce that either. They just right. let the batter step out. So there'd be some yeah. sort of rule about the batter stepping out yeah. as well. That would kind of go along, along yeah. with that. Got it. And I'm watching this the whole time. There's yeah, I'm still watching it. Too. The whole time we've been talking about this. <laughs> They haven't. He hasn't thrown the second pitch yet. So, so that's how that's how long this is. Um, also, Derby news, Marlo. Uh, yeah. The um, winner, but not winner, um, maximum security will not be running in the Belmont. Did we talk about this last week? It's no. Not going to run. No. Uh, they're uh, complaining still, or whatever, filing grievances. I don't know what the technical term is, but they're uh, going to complain. Court. They're complaining about their uh, stolen victory. Uh, and also, uh, country home is that who won? Yeah, I don't even remember. They're yep. also not running. <laughs> yeah, no, but if you're <laughs> if you're if you're country homes, you can't run. Like this is it. Yeah, you just won a Kentucky Derby. There's no way you're you're winning another race. Like you yeah. just you're done. Yeah, and your your horse is not getting any more valuable. Than, yeah, exactly. Than it is right now. So it makes sense, but it's just kind of it makes sense, but it's also ridiculous that the winner that got that got it disqualified, and then the subsequent winner. Uh, both are not running in the Belmont. Uh, not a good look for for uh, our favorite sport, horse yeah. racing. Yeah, you remember? Yeah, I think we started off saying like uh, <laughs> this. It's going to give us good reason to watch the Belmont. Yeah. No. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, I'll probably still. Well, I don't know. I guess because I do the podcast, I'll probably watch it. Yeah, I'll probably. I'll probably otherwise, otherwise, there's probably we'll... nothing on at that time. <sighs> probably not. I don't yeah. know. Although to be fair to baseball. Uh, this clip uh, does not include the six hours of uh, <laughs> pregame or pre-race that the stupid derby had. So, the walk-up. So to lead up to that, that that two minutes, but it's still pretty funny. All right, that's our, our baseball coverage. I know you guys tune in for that great uh, great analysis of what's going on in baseball. Uh, but since we are a, a preeminent Badger podcast, we have some on-campus stuff, Marlo, don't we? Yes, we do have some on-campus stuff. It was graduation weekend this weekend, Casey. Yeah. So first, big ups, congrats to all the new grads. Uh, welcome, yeah. welcome to alumni life. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> wait, it's, I would say better. It's not, it's, it's not as good. 
You made a mistake. Go back. <laughs> yeah, keep going to school. I hope this is only your first degree because just go, you know, yeah. just go back, just keep going back for more. But you know, yeah, they're all you're all full of excitement, and the world yeah. looks so in front of you, and everything yeah. you can do right now, and it's going to hit you right in the face really <laughs> fast, really fast. So just go back to school. Go back to school. But congratulations, we're very happy for you. Yes, all. congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, um, since it was graduation, our boy yeah. JJ Watt was back in town because he was giving yeah. a commitment, commencement speech. Um, it seemed like he was all over town. Yeah, like came in, talks like the graduating uh, athletes at their little function right yeah. off the plane. Was with Barry at <laughs> was with Barry at Mickey's. Nice. Um, has been seen other other places, but seemed like he gave a good. A, a pretty good commencement speech. I don't know if you saw it at all. I just saw kind of the, the two-minute highlight that the university put out, but it seemed pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, who was your uh, commencement speech person, Marla? We had um, a Wisconsin State Supreme Court Justice do ours. Nice. So not that <laughs> exciting. Uh, I, I had the uh, this, I had this Scott Van Pelt winter one. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool it was great I, I i i don't think i went but i i i didn't go our other uh one of our mutual friends went but uh i watched it and he was like i don't know why i'm here but i'm gonna give you this speech that's great <laughs> yeah yeah it was, fantastic. it was great ours was uh the so it was back when the business school was separate they did a separate thing yeah. for the business school and engineer and the uh head of the i don't know was it the uh chancellor was on his way out and it was just like a big wet kiss to him and how great he did at <laughs> at the university. And not it was not an enjoyable experience. But uh, J.J. Watt would have been cooler. Scott Van Pelt definitely was cooler. Um, so, okay. Well, now yeah. I'm jealous. All right. I was <laughs> <laughs> on campus. College yeah. softball, Marlon. We're still following that. Um, yeah. Number one whip- softball podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I've heard. Uh, Wisconsin was eliminated in the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament uh losing to the number one seed michigan so more or less like uh the men's basketball team getting there losing to the eventual conference tournament winners michigan boo boo i don't know how they're ranked 20 they went 22 and 1 in conference michigan did uh and then won the tournament so uh we'll follow that if and when uh i'm sure there's an ncaa tournament Maybe Wisconsin will be in there. Yeah. Who knows? Is it Selection knows Sunday? When's Selection? What day is their Selection show? I don't know. Maybe it was today. Who knows? Yeah. We'll never well. know. We'll never know. <laughs> uh, research team will get on that. We'll let you know next week. Excellent. Uh, all right. I looks like you have some other softball stuff, though, Marlo. Yeah. I, I, this story came across, and I, I it's one of those that happens, and if it happens at any level, it's pretty amazing. This one happens to be at the high school level. Yep. Uh, back to softball again because we're the number one softball podcast. Yeah. Love softball. Yep. So this is high school softball. Shannon Becker pitches a perfect game, but not only was it a perfect game, all the outs were strikeouts. Yeah. Uh, so she crazy. Went, it's happened in in New York. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, in oh so uh, yeah, New York, uh, somewhere in New York. But um, yeah, I think th- I just it's, it's just it's school. just crazy. Twenty one yeah, strikeouts. Twenty one strikeouts. Uh I don't think that record's gonna be broken anytime soon. Um <laughs> so congratulations to her. Uh wanna come pitch at Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's open. She's only a sophomore. Uh, oh so, wow. yeah, so I guess it's well, nowhere to go to but down from here, really. I mean peaked as <laughs> a sophomore. Congratulations. Uh maybe that was just my life. All right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
All right. Any other softball news, Marlo? Uh, no, no other softball news. All right. We'll be on. Keep our eye on the softball uh, for more softball news. So. All right. All right, Casey. I've been waiting for this all week. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. was some I, I major major stuff going on. I, I know you you have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, but I'd just like to start off by saying I felt your emotion. Yeah. Uh, throughout the week, but here we go. Everyone's favorite segment, Casey's corner cake. All right, Marlon. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the the positive side or the negative? The happy or the sad? You know, you what, what first? I want it. I'd like to end on the bang. So let's let's go with the negative side first. Okay, the negative side first. The Premier League is over. Uh, Liverpool uh, did not win. Um, they scored ninety seven points throughout the season, um, and that is the uh, third best point total ever in Premier League history. And they didn't win the title. Uh, it's it's crazy. It's also like third best in or fifth best in European history too. They win the the title. It's really a testament like to Liverpool and how good of a season they had. They lost one game out of thirty eight games this season and um didn't win. It's 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 still I guess maybe a little bit hard for me to wrap my head around that. Uh, City um, Manchester City won the league with ninety eight points, so just one more. Uh, it really came down to Manchester City beat Liverpool. Um, I think it was like January third, something like that, <clears throat> which gave the edge to to City throughout the season. That was one game that Liverpool lost. Uh, I'm still a little bit in the mode of how great this season was, how fun this season was um, as a Liverpool fan, um, and the fact that they could only lose one game is just astonishing how many last second goals just to get draws or to win games they had. Um, it was a really fun season. And the thing I think that made this title race and why I don't feel so crushed by finishing second is the way both teams, the way the title race went, the way both teams finished uh, Liverpool, and Manchester city combined. They played 18 games um, since the second week of March, they won them all. They scored combined 44 goals and gave up 10 combined. And they trailed in those games for only 41 minutes. I mean, this was a title race where both teams did everything they could to win. I can't sit here and look back. I have to go back to that like January 3rd game to kind of go, what could we have done differently? Normally in games and normally in these kind of races, you look at something and go, if this thing had gone differently something would have changed but both teams kind of did what they had to do i mean i can go back you know to that much earlier in the season and kind of think about it and um contemplate what could have gone differently but it's just so far removed in the the quality which with both these teams played made the title race so fun and frustrating and enthralling uh that I, it's again maybe this is just because it's new and maybe it's because i'm not over there in liverpool and i'm not like living and dying with this but it just was it's crazy to be a part of, and um, it sucks that you they took second, but my God, what a season. Uh, the fun, the way this team plays was, was so great, um, and I guess luckily there is still one more game for them, and that will take us to Champions League, and my God, Marlo, what a two games in the Champions League. We sat here last week, and I said, it's pretty much over. <laughs> Barcelona's up 3-0. <laughs> 
and Ajax is up 1-0 coming back home. And uh, both of the... Uh, sure, I thought that Tottenham might be able to get a result. Never in my wildest dreams that I think that Barcelona would lose to Liverpool. But that they did. Not only that, they lost 4-0. to zero. Liverpool with just an amazing game. Uh, they came back to Liverpool playing at Anfield. The intensity that Liverpool played with was amazing. And just the fact that they were able to put it together and maintain that for 90 minutes was something else. Not only did they do that, they were playing without their two best, uh, two of their three best goal scorers, Mo Salah and Roberto Firmino. Neither of them played. So in their place, who had uh, Shakiri and Origi, who this time last year were playing on teams that were about to get relegated. And they scored four goals on Barcelona. And kind of the, the cherry on top was the way in which the last goal was scored. Trent Alexander-Arnold is taking a corner kick. He starts walking away, realizes that Origi is the only one paying attention. This is in like the 86th minute of the game. Runs back to the ball and crosses it while no one in Barcelona is paying attention. He slots it into the goal. It was like a a playground type goal that happened like in the crucible of a Champions League semifinal <laughs> in a desperate moment. Uh, it, it's just, it's so unlikely. Uh, and it just kind of kept off this incredibly unlikely result with this incredibly unlikely play. Um, and I'm watching this at work, <laughs> working at work. I'm of watching course. at work. Of course. And just like trying to silently celebrate in my cube. It was amazing. Uh, and, I just, it's still hard to believe that it happened. So in the same week, I have this miracle comeback. Now, if Liverpool had won the um, Premier League today, Marlo, if yeah. the City had dropped a point and Liverpool had won, I, we were starting the show with <laughs> <laughs> That's what, we're, what was going to happen. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, uh, mm-hmm. but I can still, I guess. Yeah, unfortunately for everybody out there, it did not work out that way. Yeah, well, they still get this at the end. Maybe it's better for everybody. <laughs> that way they don't have to listen to it if they don't want to. Uh, but Liverpool, uh, I mean, it's uh, going back. Uh, so uh, the celebration with the fans, Mo Salah coming down in a never-give-up T-shirt as he watched his team come back. Uh, the top goal scorer on the team, probably their best player, uh, come down and celebrate them lining up, singing with the fans was an amazing atmosphere. Anfield, the whole game was an amazing atmosphere. Uh, I liked on Twitter um, the radio announcers. There was like a kind of highlight compilation of the radio announcers, which it probably I feel like it's be hard to watch so- listen to soccer on the radio. <laughs> like it's just kind yeah, of yeah, like that'd be really a tough. flow game. Um, but maybe you'd get used to it. I mean, we listen to basketball on the radio, and that's a flow game like that, but. Um, I don't know. It'd probably be pretty hard, but they're going nuts and they can't believe it. It's just so cool to kind of see the atmosphere and see them react. Uh, just, it was so like you went to so much emotions and then not only to win four zero, but to do it against Barcelona, to do it against Messi, uh, Barcelona just, uh, I don't, they just played Tim. They played like they had a three gold lead and then they never got into second gear. Uh, or into first year, they never moved. It's, I mean, they just got overrun by Liverpool, and you just thought there'd be a moment where Messi or Barcelona just kind of turn it on. And to Liverpool's credit, they never uh, let that happen. I think it was in the 61st minute; it was three to zero, and the announcer goes, "This is like men against boys out there, and the boys are Barcelona." <laughs> it's just like I wrote that down as I was watching that. It was just like a mind blowing moment, like. Holy crap, the team that I root for is massively, massively outplaying Barcelona 
with Messi. It was it was something else. Um, so I, and maybe that's again why I'm taking the title race uh, runner up uh, results so uh, so well um, is that I have this in the back of my mind and that kind of euphoria of that uh, with the Champions League final kind of in the uh, in the horizon, uh, which will be on. Um, June 1st. June 1st coming up here. So big day there. They will be facing Tottenham, Marlo. So quickly on Tottenham and Ajax. I probably won't go on as much about this. Uh, so coming off of a Liverpool comeback of 4-0, um, Tottenham went in the game trailing 0-1, to and they had given up two first-half goals. So they were down three at halftime. And I think I'm going to say – I enjoyed the Liverpool comeback more. That's the team I root for. I thought it was amazing. Um, but I think the Tottenham comeback was more impressive. Eh, I don't know. As impressive. Let's go as. I want to say as more. As impressive. Uh, it's, so it's, the reason I, I hesitate on more is because it, the Liverpool one was against Barcelona, which is a much higher, uh, it's an excellent level of club over kind of the rest of whoever is playing here. Uh, Tottenham was against Ajax, who Ajax has a great history, but they're not Barcelona. However, Tottenham's comeback came uh, after half. Liverpool's came, they came back home. They came to their home field where, I mean, there's like a mythology almost to, uh, a mystique to Anfield where Liverpool plays that this seemed like it could, on the periphery, periphery be possible. But Tottenham was down... Three goals to nil on the tie um, in Ajax. And to come out and ch- do the tactical changes or uh, even just the mentality changes that they had to do. Oh, speaking of mentality, after the Liverpool victory, Jurgen Klopski interviewed Liverpool's manager and he interviewed him about something that. And he did this like, it was great. He goes, looks at his watch and goes, it's 10 after 10. I think all the kids are, are asleep. Our guys are effing mentality giants or something ridiculous like that. It was fantastic. Look it up. It was great. Called them, menta- called them mentality, effing mentality mm. giants, but he actually mm. said the swear word, which I won't, we're a family podcast, Marlo. Moms listen to us. We, we established <laughs> that earlier. Uh, all right. Tottenham. Uh, to come back and score three goals, they scored the third goal in like, the so there was 95, there was five minutes of stoppage time, so in the 95th minute and 10 seconds, and it was literally their last chance. They hoofed the ball forward, it gets brought down over to Delhi Alley off of somebody else. And uh, Lucas Moore scores it at the last breath of the game to move on. Ajax is stunned. Ajax is, they're falling over on the field, you know, of exhaustion and being upset. It was an amazing, amazing comeback. And the fact that these two happened in the same week, two days apart, is unbelievable. Uh, and I don't think you could, as the saying goes, you can't write scripts like that. Uh, is unbelievable. Now Tottenham and Liverpool will play on June first for the Champions League final. Uh, it's amazing uh, that Liverpool is back there again um, after losing last year in the final. Um, but I think it's more amazing that Tottenham, the the club that they have there, they historically didn't buy anybody. Uh, historically, that's not the right word. They um, let's go with historically. <laughs> historically, didn't buy anybody. <laughs> I can't think of the word. Shoot. Uh, anybody in this transfer window, they have a severe lack of depth on their team. Uh, and their star player, Harry Kane, has been out for the last couple weeks. And for them to maintain Champions League top four place within the league 
and get to this Champions League final is a real testament uh, to their players that they have and and to their uh, manager, Pochettino. And it really sets up a final in which two of my favorite managers with um, Jurgen Klopp, obviously, for Liverpool and um, Pochettino for uh, Tottenham are facing each other. And two managers who seem like they brought their clubs up a level. Um, so that uh, it, it's definitely going to be a, a final to watch uh, June uh, first, as I mentioned a couple times. So I'm looking forward to it. I think Liverpool should have the upper hand. I think Liverpool should win. Um, I'm obviously biased, and that's what I want to happen. Uh, but they've played twice this year, and Liverpool hasn't lost to Tottenham. So God, I hope that continues because it would be almost worse to lose to Tottenham. So that's it. That's the corner kick, Marlo. All, All right. the emotions this week, the highs and the lows. Yeah. Soccer is amazing. What a sport. What a sport indeed. What a podcast as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Good one. Yeah, that was a good one. That was it. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it. But as always, guys, get those five-star reviews in. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, but before we do five stars first and then write a review, uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at 132Breeze, myself at MarloJR. Casey is at Prof Badger Fan. Or yeah. Prof Badger Fan. Yeah. You got it. Got it. Yeah, got it. All right. That's it. Happy Mother's Day again. Yeah. That's it for me. Casey, you got any last words? As always, until next time, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports. <laughs>